Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Mullen. So this week on the podcast, we have Jedda Debris. Jedda is a director and a writer based here in Dublin. Uh, it was actually a really cool couple of days for me because I got to sit down and chat to Jedda and uh, her writing partner and real life partner, uh, Finbar Doyle, as well. Uh, and uh, they're in the preparation um, for remounting um, their highly successful show, Trist, um, which was at the... Dublin Fringe Festival in 2015, it was really, really successful to the point where they're now back at the Project Art Centre for a two-week run. Um, they were out the Lear the first time round. Now they're downstairs in the black box of the project. It's a gorgeous space. Um, I've only heard wonderful things about the show, um, and me and Jetta have a lovely chat about it. Um, it's a lovely teaser episode, I think, then to the Finbar episode, which I'll probably get out next week, because um, Finbar probably talks a bit more in detail about the show, and I think Jetta talks a bit more in detail about the process, which is really, really nice. Um, all the dates and that are at the end of the episode, but it's the 3rd to the 14th at the Project Art Centre uh, and I really implore you to go it's an absolutely um, they're absolutely deadly collaborators uh, and people uh, and I have no doubt that the show is going to be brilliant I'm really really excited to see it uh, in other news uh, I am um, in my last week of Romeo and Julia out at the Mill Theatre in Dundrum uh, it's been a blast uh, we had a few shows snowed off uh, last week which was a bit bizarre um, but we are making them up this week so we have some really really long ridiculous three show days to get through so uh, that is going to be good good fun uh, and in the meantime we're also rehearsing lyrics which is my play uh, that I have written um, it is starring Danielle Galligan uh, and myself directed by the wonderful Romana Testa Seca the rest of the team includes Ellie Hendry Shane Gill Kira Mernan Steve Murray did our wonderful poster design and all that which you can see on my Twitter and even on the personality bingo Twitter page but basically uh, it's really exciting uh, it's gas because uh, our show almost directly clashes with Tris so uh, what you gotta do is you gotta get make it a double header you gotta either see a matinee for us and see them or make two evenings in a row whatever you got to do but um make sure you do do it because uh, yeah it's very very exciting uh, loads of great work being produced at the moment in dublin so we're running from the 31st of march uh, which is our first preview until the 14th of april uh, it's in the theater upstairs which is above lanigan's bar it's in the keys it's uh, couldn't be more central it's just two seconds from o'connell bridge and we'd love to see you there um it's super reasonably priced tickets range from eight euro to 12.50 at the max uh, and yeah it's a play with some music and um, danielle galligan is just a superstar uh, and I'm really proud to be bringing it to you so uh, if you enjoy the podcast please come down and support the uh, the play and come around and say hello after because it will be lovely to see you anyway guys enough of that please enjoy the sweetest human being alive Jedda Debris playing personality bingo with Tom Moran Jenna Debris, ready to play personality bingo with Tom Warren? I am. <laughs> Great. Okay, we did have a false start because I forgot to give you your numbers. That's absolutely fine. False starts, they happen. The first time ever in personality bingo history. I'm actually kind of proud. I think you should be. <laughs> I was just so engaged that I forgot to do my job. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Exactly. <laughs> I want you to be that engaged that we forget everything that's happened. <laughs> it's a massive compliment. Um, so I do remember it now, though. So let me give a quick explainer of how it all works. Um, so I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. I have 60 questions here and I have 60 balls in here. Uh, I've also now given you uh, five numbers on that sheet of paper. Would you do me a sheep? I said a sheep of paper. Meh. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I'm, um, I'm, I'm also provide my own foley. It's great. <laughs> Um, do me a favour, read out the f- uh, five numbers that we've randomly generated for you. Okay, so I have 40, yes. 24, yes. 17, cool. 11, right. and 56. Nice. 
Uh, do me a favour and pick a six number, something that's not there between one and sixty. Okay, and can I tell you that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to pick two. Any reason? Um, it came into my head and it's nice and even. Nice, just in the moment. So, yeah, it just happened. Very good. It's very organic. Very good. Were you ever an actor? <laughs> no. Never? No, I was never an actor. And it's actually a thing that people ask me a lot. And I don't know why, but I was, I was never very good at it. I was, I did once do acting classes mm. when I was about seven. And I was taught by Hilda Fay. Wow. Yeah, in Ashburn. And she taught me dance and drama. And she's a fantastic actor. And I don't think, I don't know whether she remembers that because I was like a child. Yeah. Um, but I was never any good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it's just interesting because it was like, I just admired your, you're like, I felt two. I went for two. It was right in the moment. I was like, that's good acting. <laughs> it's, so, it's something that act, I've picked it up from actors, but I'm never, never able to properly do it myself. But it's something like good directors have as well. I think so. I think a lot of really fantastic directors come from acting. And uh, and, and I think that's always something that I've wanted to be able to do. But I, I've any time it's happened to me, I've, I've never properly been able to kind of engage with it. Or there's something about it that I know that I would... Uh, actors do it better. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Right. Sorry, I just had a question. I, I <laughs> so uh, I should say that if all of them six numbers do come out, that means you win the game and uh, the tables are turning and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world that you might want. Amazing. Right, okay. So, uh, will we give it a spin and see what comes out? Let's do it. Sweet, okay. First out the gate, we have number 38. Oh, that is not a bingo. Okay, no worries. <laughs> number 38. Uh, if you had a tattoo, what would you get? That's a really good question. Do you have a tattoo? No, I don't. I have no tattoos. And actually, it's something that I've never really been totally interested in for myself. I love other people's tattoos. Mm. I think they're brilliant. Like, my... Parents have tattoos. My brother is going to get some, um, uh, but I and I've already really admired them. But I've never had one on myself. I always feel like there's a little bit of me that would want to be able to change exactly how I look at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I was tattooed, then it, I would be recognisable, which is weird. I don't know. Maybe I want to become a spy sometime. Yeah. But um, if I were to have a tattoo, I'd probably get a little moon. Nice. Because you know, I like the sickle moon thing is kind of something that I've always really liked. So yeah. I think that would make sense yeah yeah, yeah 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 and so having parents that had tattoos like did they like did they ever give you because I don't I feel like I, I must have got a speech from my mum and dad saying like don't get a tattoo mm. like I feel like that's a common enough thing like my granny would have been very anti-tattoo so did your did your parents because they obviously couldn't be like well they could be hypocritical and like or did they did they care yeah I, I suppose I never really spoke to them about it they were kind of hidden mm. so they couldn't I couldn't really see see them and I suppose I think they 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 didn't really care they're kind of like I don't think they care that my brother is going to get one and I think they're kind of artistic they're kind of weird so they'd, I'd say I'd say what they would be is they'd want it to be really cool <laughs> you know they wouldn't want me to get a nap tattoo <laughs> so I think that's what they'd give out to me for they'd be like Jenny you got a cat why'd you get a cat you know yeah. something like that so yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nice it's um where where does the name Jenna Debris yeah, it's just to tell you, you said like you might want to be a spy, and I was like, yeah, you could be a spy. You've got a name called Jenna Debris. <laughs> it's too recognisable to be a spy. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'd have to be called like John something. <laughs> What's the Jenna about? Jenna is. I was named after a film. Um, so myself and my brother were both named after movies. Um, so Jenna is a, a film from Australia. It's a, it was actually the first film in Australia that was a, a Technicolor. So it's nineteen forty three, I think. Um, and yeah, it's about an Aboriginal girl, um, a, a native Australian, um, and uh, and it's a native Australian name. 
So I don't have any connection to to Australia other than my name, which mm -hmm. is uh, which is after this film. And then my brother's name is Cal, so it's after that. Uh, it's a Northern Irish film uh, called Cal, and it's it's got Helen Mirren in it. Apparently, so, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's a great, it's a fucking great name. <laughs> Thank you. It's yeah. just really good. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's it's very people do think that it's Star Wars related, which is fine. I mean, it's memorable. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like it's a, it's a good director name. Good, yeah. Thank God I became a director. <laughs> yeah. What about Sickle Moon? You said you have an interest in that. Like, what is actually a Sickle Moon? Or it, you know, it's so it's it's from a passage from a James Stevens book, um, and it is a passage describing the Irish countryside. So it's a it's a book called The Crock of Gold, and it's one of my favorite books. And it was pre James Joyce, so James Joyce was really influenced by James Stevens, and um, and he's a fantastic kind of like he's one of our first satirists. So he spoke about like uh, he took Irish legends and he kind of turned them on, on their head and it's like a really fascinating book it's very funny it's very um uh kind of tongue-in-cheek and um I've got I kind of became obsessed with James Stevens my great grand uncle was a he he was a he did his PhD in St James Stevens so he's one of the foremost authorities on him mm -hmm. um so I kind of they were all of the books were in my house all the time so I read them then I ended up, for some reason, my, my dad gave me a first edition of the Crock of Gold and I loved that book so much. And um, and then I ended up I ended up finding and buying like five different uh, versions of his, his uh, first edition. So I've got like a whole collection of James Fred Stevens' first edition. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like totally obsessed with it. Yeah. But um, but A Sickle Moon is, is it's uh, the Sickle Moon was described in, in this passage about this this kind of provincial Irish countryside and it's about like the morning in Ireland and it's, it's about this kind of the light coming from the sickle moon so it's a very very thin moon um, and I always really liked that image I thought yeah. it was really striking yeah so, gorgeous yeah. gorgeous gorgeous alright will you give it a spin let's do let's it see what we got. okay here we go number 57 oh, oh I've got 56 oh close no cigar <laughs> alright okay number 57 uh, 57 if you could give 12 year old you some advice what would it be oh that's really good mm. 12 year old me was probably an idiot <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what I was doing at 12 I think I was very self-conscious at 12 right. I think I didn't become like kind of confident until I was maybe about like 16, 17 when I was like discovering music and discovering things that I really really liked and discovering film you know so I wasn't as uh, solidified in who I was at the time so I suppose I'd probably give my 12 year old self like loads of albums I'd be like, you gotta listen to this, and then then you'll be, you know, like you you'll feel better about things once you listen to the Clash or something. You know? Yeah, is that yeah. what what like what what was your what was like art's role in like your discovering your own self identity? Yeah, oh, it was really big. I mean, I suppose because my mom was a sculptor, so we, I grew up with a lot of art in the in the house. Like there were sculptures everywhere around the house, um, and paintings and stuff. And I painted as a kid as well, so I painted loads. I haven't painted in years now, but I used to paint, and then I played music as well. So I played the flute and the drums, mm -hmm. and I was in a band when I was in when I was a kid, um, as well. But yeah, so like it was music. My dad was really music uh, based. He was like huge fan of music, and he had like. Like every almost every room in the house had like a stereo so we'd like play music all the time um and so yeah that was that and then and then films so we'd watch like a film a night we'd like be obsessed with movies so it was kind of the thing that I was like steeped in a little bit which mm. was really great like and like what is it now that like um because I, I 
maybe I'm asking from a selfish perspective. It's interesting sometimes on the podcast we talk about like why do you do the thing you do? So like you're obviously like a director uh, on screen and on stage and also a writer and I'm sure as like you know painter when you were younger yeah. who knows and all, all the wonderful things. But like what is it that like you want your work to achieve? Wow, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I I don't sometimes. Kind of, it's really weird, and I'm sure you find that too. That when you're kind of in a project, you don't really know. Sometimes you don't know where it's going, yeah. and you're kind of going, "I, I know I'm following a thread, and I'm kind of going, this thread is right. It's the right thread. I don't know what it's saying." And yes. then by the time you get out of it, you kind of have perspective. You're like, "Oh, I was talking about how lonely I was right then, or I, I was seeing that, like, or whatever it was." And and I seem to feel, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this that the further you, you get away from a project, the more you look back and you go, oh, that was me then. And that was how I was feeling, like, right then. I suppose I, t- I, I when I write, I write a lot about kind of, I think loneliness is a is a, a thing, and loneliness and connections that I, I quite like talking about and, and writing about within my work, you know, yeah. and I like watching films that are kind of about that as well. So I suppose that could be a, a theme. Yeah. So then, like, so, you know, um, obviously Trist is coming back to the Sickle Moon show, which is Sickle Moon show, which is amazing, and it's coming back to the project. We'll get all the dates and stuff, um, all that stuff. But then, like, I was interested in it because, as I said, I haven't seen it, but I'm, like, vaguely, like, aware of, like, you know, it's set around, like, a threesome. Yeah. And stuff like that. (laughs) So uh, how many times do people just come up to you and just... Because it is so interesting that you were talking about, like, that you realise, and, like, that was me. That's... uh, and like, you know, it's that weird thing of when people, and I mean, like Finbar, uh, who's your boyfriend, like must have it as well because he's on stage mm. doing it and you both wrote the thing together. So like how often do people just go, <laughs> that's based in real life? Oh yeah, all, all the, the time. All the time. All the time. Happens. I've had people point blank asking me like, did you guys have a threesome with Katie McCann? And I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> why would we do that? But I'm like, also, why would we do that and write about it and put Katie McCann in the show? And yes. um, no, we had like, uh, it's not, it's more, I suppose we were interested in, and I'm really interested in like sexual politics yeah. and what happens between people um, in relationships and then outsider relationships so yes we do that get that question and I think it's kind of hilarious and I think it's really quite I'm taking it as a compliment that people think it's from real life um you know that may, maybe they think it's um it's it, the, the play reflects real life which is good but I suppose it it kind of stems from like being in a long-term relationship and then writing with your partner as well is is quite interesting because it kind of it gets to you get to eke out a lot of the your worries and stuff so I think it is true to life when we when when you see it in the play that there's kind of those relationship worries and those strains that 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 come out those will always kind of seep through in the writing because you're talking about somebody's somebody's relationship so yeah Yeah. does it ever like um and so you write with Finbar do you write by yourself as well yes I do yeah so um I wrote by myself for a while when I started out and then actually we so we've been writing eight years together and then actually more recently I've written a, a short film that I'm doing with the, the film board and I now it was only three pages but I did not co-write that so yeah. that's the first thing in a while that I've written on my own and what's the, how does it feel it's weird it is weird I I really like co-writing I think it's it's really lovely and I don't think it's it's done often enough there are a couple of actually it's it's quite a younger generation that are co-writing now which is really lovely um and I I think there's something to be had there I I find it very helpful because how we write is so we do like a a draft um we we 
cut the script up into sections and then I'll take scene one and Finbar will take scene two and we'll both write it and then we'll swap it around. So by the end of the first draft, we have two draft. We have a second draft because both of us have done a draft on each scene. So it's kind of, it's weird, but it's it, it works. So it, do, do you fight? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, constantly. And I think there's there's something good about that, but also, I mean, it you know, it hinders things as well. And sometimes we have to put the, put the paper down, you know. Um, but yeah, constantly fighting, constantly yelling at each other. And a lot of those go into the plays as well. Yeah, yeah. like it's so funny. I'm a real, like I, I, and the more, and it's so funny doing lyrics now. Um, It's so funny because like, I've been doing like loads of brilliant like work and kind of more like commercially work, you know, lately. Yeah. And like, but it's just so funny when you get to do your own stuff and I'm like, oh, this is what I really, really want to be doing. I need to find a way to like just carve that out into my life. I know, it's mad. Have you, and have you co-written before? No, and that's what I was going to say was that like, I am such, I, I love writing as much as I love acting, mm. which has been hard for me to reconcile because I really associate myself as an actor and I absolutely am. But like, I, I, I'm equally... I, I, and I'm happy to say this now like I'm absolutely equally a writer I think I feel That's it in my great. soul you know, whether like people agree but like I feel that you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah but it's it's so funny because I'm such a solo little writer now and I love to bring it to people then and like do a reading of it and get thought and I love that but then I want to go back and yeah into the cave yeah 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 and then come back and, 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 like, and I, I love that I don't and I love notes I, I you know sometimes so funny uh, you know what like talking about creating something because i had to learn that as well like because i guess your fantasy whether you're like sending it to someone or you're getting someone to read it with you like your fantasy on some level even when you're looking for a constructive criticism or feedback but your fantasy is they're going to say yeah no it's perfect that's perfect yeah 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 yeah. i'm sorry i've got the royal court on the line and uh, they they love your play okay. <laughs> yeah. on some level that's what you want oh, to happen 100 percent. yeah yeah <laughs> and then like and, it, and it's so and it's so weird because like praise and I think uh, Irish people probably but it's so weird because you you know I really like used to struggle with that a lot like you get praise especially doing what like we do because it's so performative like you know for God's sake at the end of every night work for me like you get clapped off the stage yeah. you know it's, it's probably slightly different for a director but you're still seeing that happening for something that you made and crafted totally I get to clap it yes yes exactly <laughs> Even better yeah it's like wonderfully masturbatory yeah you know? <laughs> no, no, no. but like as in but it's so it's so funny then like when you know I don't know it's just trying to reconcile that thing of like how because on some level like praise is really important to me like I I, I do care mm. like it it makes me feel good if, you know some people are like uh, I don't care if people like it like once I'm proud of it and that's also true but like I would be lying if I said like I, I love when people like what I do absolutely you know yeah. and it is it's also about um, connecting with people as well so when you feel that somebody has connected with what you've done you're like oh. Well, the job is done. You know, like I've actually I've done something there, and it it it, it feels like you've achieved something when when even one audience member is like, yeah, I totally I saw myself in that. Man, you know, absolutely it's great. Like the best compliment I ever got for anything we did was actually we did a lyrics was seen in her play in 2015, and uh, the best compliment I ever got for anything I think I ever like wrote certainly was this like man in his fifties, and I don't know him, and he came up to me and he's like, um, I think he was in seeing the other play. I don't think he was in for us, and he came up to me and he was like. Uh, yeah, it was like you, you ripped a page out of my diary when I was 23. Oh my God. And like, you, you know, and that probably was, I think, tell you he was in his 50s, like that was probably 30 years ago. And uh, and he was just like, that was fucking, and I was like, that's what you want. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. It was so good. But, you know, yeah. it was just like, yeah, you're so right. I think that's why I asked you the question, like, what do you want your art to do? And I think it was because you talked about like, sometimes comes from a place of loneliness. Because mm. I think mine probably does as well. And, you know, 
lyrics like that I think that's what we're learning about it more and more is it, you know it's a play about connection so it's mm. so interesting where do you think that like loneliness that you are writing from comes from yeah I don't I it's that's a yeah I suppose I think everybody in this is this is my own worldview. Yeah. But I think everybody inherently is lonely, mm-hmm. and I think everybody comes from a place, a place of just being being alone. And I think that's probably certainly it's one of my greatest fears is to be alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and I but at the same time it's a wonderful feeling to be alone. You know, and and there's, so there's something really dark about it, and then there's something quite uh, normal about it because like all human beings are, you know, they can be alone, but then if they're alone too too much they go mad and I think there's something interesting about that dichotomy of yeah. kind of we need connection but also we hate each other as well <laughs> you know so I'm very interested in that I think there's an inherent conflict in that yeah. Um, yeah and I think everybody at some point has felt lonely Yeah, you know so it's kind of a unifying thing as well and how do you balance that like as in like we're living with a partner and especially like you know uh, not that it's it's different if you're artistic or not, but like certainly like what I was saying to you, like I, when I'm creative, like it's I'm I'm in a room by myself, and like I think about that, like I don't have I'm not in a relationship, but like you know I'm like 24 now, so you know it would not be real, it would not be silly if like you know in the next like two three years I, I like was to move in with someone if I like found someone that I wanted to move in. I'm talking like romantically now, but like mm. and how do you balance that? Like you know, because I assume you like need your own space, but at the same time you need that connection and, and, and that other stuff how do you do you manage it yeah it's it what's really handy um with working with Finbar is uh that it, it feels like we share, share the same brain mm. you know so I don't feel like he ever imposes on my creative flow and I would hope that it's the opposite way as well yeah. if anybody has ever been in a room with us rehearsing though because we were we collaborate together um uh, we are at each other's throats a lot. <laughs> I think a lot of the people, a lot of the time, people are like, "Oh God, they're fighting," and they don't realize that it's like our normal kind yeah. of a thing. We're like we're at each other, and we're constantly trying to, because I know when he's at the top of his game, and he knows when I'm at the top of my game. So we'll push each other to get there. Um, and when we fall short, <laughs> we'll be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know. So like, which is quite nice. It fe- it feels like we push each other and encourage each other, and I think that's really nice. And I don't ever feel lonely with him, which is great. Yeah, very special. It is. It is. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And like you know, and I don't like it's. It's so weird. Like you know, because like you're about like so young as well. Like, but it's so it's so it's so special to like kind of find and like something like that at any point. You know. Yeah, it really is. It's very amazing. I, I don't, sorry, I'm just talking at you. That was the question. <laughs> just like deal with that statement. Like, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm super lucky. You know, yeah. I get. To, I get to be able to to write with him and and direct him and work with him and create things with him and and you know uh, hold hands. <laughs> holding hands is good. That's all we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> holding. I that. Yeah, I like holding hands. <laughs> uh, right, we well, can spin. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, number three. Do you have it? Uh, I've got number. Oh no! (laughs) And number three, uh, question is: tell her, tell us about a memory that still makes you laugh. Oh my god, a memory that still makes me laugh. Doesn't need to be a good story, but is there something that you think about, like, uh, or like one of the hardest times you ever laughed? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so so yeah, 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 that's it. So we did a show uh, a couple of years ago, and it was um, it was a show called Tactics, and so there was fifteen. I'm not spoiling it because fifteen minutes into the play, somebody gets stabbed. And there was a, a big blood pack, um, and uh, uh, the actor was the wonderful Kieran Roach, mm. and um, and Nessa Matthews and Finbar was in the show as well. And so Finbar stabs him. Um, but it was during one of the shows. 
three minutes into the show, the blood pack bursts and starts bleeding. And the set was one couch, white floor. So you could immediately see the blood. And I was I was opping, so I could see it. Um, and I could see immediately that uh, Kieran had noticed that it had, it had burst. And I was like, oh my God. So uh, the first 15 minutes is two lovers and they're like, they're like teasing each other and kissing and having foreplay and stuff so it's meant to be quite a sexy scene and he is bleeding profusely and I was at the back of the audience like oh my god these poor actors on stage and they started corpsing um, because it was just ridiculous because at one point Nessa turns to Kieran who is bleeding everywhere everywhere and they're like kissing and being all cute and one of her lines is are you okay and his line back to her is yeah I'm just tired <laughs> There was blood everywhere, everywhere. And then Finbar comes in and stabs him and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But after the play, like they were all backstage and they were like, fucking hell. And I came in and we all started laughing and we couldn't stop laughing because like you can't do anything. You can't control it. It's live theatre. And it was the funniest thing that's ever happened. Oh, so gorgeous. It was great. That's so great. (laughs) Yeah. That's so great. And you know, yeah, you said that belly laugh, you can't. Yeah. I, I feel like I was in that dressing room. You really, yeah. You know what I mean? I, oh, that's yeah. amazing. There was yeah. no way we could stop it. <laughs> Sorry, let's go again. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number 13. Do you have it? No. No worries. No. Number 13. The question is um, Do you ever wish you were born as the opposite gender? What a good question on International Women's Day. That's a great question. I've always wanted to be a man. No, do you know what? I, I feel like. Um, I feel like there's there's a lot of masculinity and femininity in everyone and I, th- I feel like I would I, I love being in contact and, and in connection with my masculine side um, and, and I love kind of um, feeling that and figuring that out and everything and I, I love being a woman um, but I love kind of uh, expressing myself through femininity and masculinity as well um, so uh, no not necessarily that I was that I was born as a man I think, I think, I think I'm good with my lot yeah. but I think I'm good with exploring my lot as well yes What's your um, What's your experience in our industry as a woman? I know it's fucking it's such an obvious question, but like it will never stop fascinating me. Yeah, I don't like I don't I I, I couldn't know. Yeah, do you know what I I've had I've had really good things and I've had uh, you know things that that aren't great as well. I suppose. Um, so it's insidious, you know. There's there's things that people say uh, that they don't realize yeah. are kind of um, uh, picking away at you, or, or you know, um, not great. Um, what I will say is, I haven't in the room. I've I've not come in contact with with misogyny, like from actors or from um, uh, immediate. Uh, creative team members I've I've not experienced that which is really phenomenal I've always um uh, worked with with cast members and and people who are uh, really respectful and and who are uh, I've been really lucky in in that sense um in in certain other uh, senses kind of and uh, not as a director in, in not in a directorial capacity I've kind of experienced some some things so I mean obviously um in the gate during Colgan's reign, it was um, AD on the heiress, and you know it's it, it. We we were working with such a phenomenal um, cast, such a, a fantastic director, uh, David Grinley. Um, he's the oh he's, he's oh my god amazing! I love him so much. He's his, wonderful. Julie concert. Yeah. Oh, Julie concert was phenomenal. The, I'll like, never forget that line in the theater. I loved it so. I like. I was like. 
from front row as well. So I was like at at the recorder, the um the the vinyl player, and I was like, oh my god, play oh. it again. It was wonderful. So it was wonderful working with David. He was phenomenal. And in fairness to him, there's a lot of people that won't stand up when they see things happening or when they see snide remarks happening. David was not one of those people. Wow. He would when whenever Colgan said certain things to me, he would go, don't talk to my ad like that. And I really appreciated that. And that's it. it it's it takes somebody in that position of power to go, no, I'm not having this, you know, and it's, it's, it's something that I really appreciate and it's something that people should do more often. And actually it's something that I feel like I should be doing more often as well. You know, like if I hear something that I'm like, actually I won't stand for that. And even though everybody else is laughing, it's, it's up to me in a position of certain privilege to kind of go, no, I'm calling that shit out because you can't say that in front of me, you know? So, yeah. 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 100%. Like, um, in terms of like, you know, because it's so interesting. It's really interesting. Like, I don't I have no idea how this works. So, like, illuminate for me if you can. Like, about, you know, we're talking about, like, Sickle Moon and, and all this wonderful work that you've been making for the last, like, for countless years, for, like, the last eight years minimum. Um, But then, you know, also, like, you know, for example, you made Cinderella in, yeah. in Smock Alley, which was great and was, like... Uh, I, I, how am I trying to say it? like it's it, it's not Sickle Moon and you're you're being like hired in yeah, as a freelance, freelance director and like you know at the gate and you're coming in to do these like things and um, what's that process like how does that happen for a director because I know for an actor you know you do your work and you hopefully get a decent agent and there's a bit of buzz about you and then they say oh come in for an audition and you do a few and you get one yeah how yeah. does it work for a director it's weird there's no real uh, director auditions <laughs> I don't know what you could do as a director auditioning but um uh, what the only uh, way that I was properly um brought on was uh, with the gate um because uh, David was he was doing uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf at the same time so he needed an AD that could take the room while he was gone so he I took the room for uh, I think it was a, it was a, a week of mornings I was I was uh, directing during that and uh, which was really fantastic and, and fairly daunting but a really wonderful uh, chance uh, as a young director to kind of go I can do this um, so he had to um, interview a lot of uh, directors so he so I came in for an interview and spoke to him and he was he, he kind of he spoke to me for I think it was about 45 minutes and we just started chatting which is great um, so that was the only time I was actually interviewed as a director properly um, other than that um, uh, I've had lots of like you have meetings uh, people send you scripts and you read the scripts and if you feel like you're kind of uh, I take on projects if my soul is in them you know and if I know that I can contribute with that in mind then I definitely will I won't take on a project that I'm like I really like it and it's really good even if it's really good if I'm kind of going actually this director this other director would be a really good fit for this and maybe my heart isn't in it as much as that person's heart would be you know so that's kind of how I take them on uh, project to project um, and then I mean it's it's also kind of people that you've worked with before and kind of passing names on and stuff so it's a little bit more it's yeah it's it's not as um cut and paste as auditions or interviews usually yeah. Yeah. and do you feel like you have to be hmm. you know what's fascinating about the michael colgan thing because i know like there, there was a report like that you know oh, yeah, more stuff it. came out today and um, so we're talking on thursday yeah. um probably before this episode will air on sunday so like what's fascinating about it is like i wonder and i don't know but i wonder if like a woman 
would have gotten away with what he did because sometimes I feel like men don't have to be very careful actually less so now because now it's great because men do have to check themselves now which is great because they know there's a culture of like calling shit out now more and you know which is is great because it had the people who need to be on their toes are on their toes you Mm. know and people who who have nothing to worry about shouldn't be worried you know Mm -hmm. but um, do you ever feel like that that like you have to be carefuler than a man like in your position Um, I think I think as a director, I have a responsibility to take care of people, and and I know that sounds that that might sound like it's it's like a infantilizing, but it, I I mean it in in the sense that everybody is uh, people are uh, uh, they're open and they're raw in rooms, um, myself included, and we kind of have to to make sure that everybody's comfortable and and everybody's you know okay with exploring and 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 going down quite emotional roads and and. I need to, my job is to facilitate that. Mm. And if I put up roadblocks, I'm not facilitating that. Or or if I overstep a mark, um, you know, it, it can happen within rooms sometimes. And it can mistakenly happen as well when you, you, you're like, I was joking and, and then something could, you know, because it's such an open kind of arena for emotions. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do absolutely. I think as in my position, I have to be really aware of, of how people feel. And I would like as much as possible for people to go, actually, Jetta, I'd like to call you out on whatever you've done today or whatever happened in the room because I wasn't comfortable with that. And I think that's the best way of doing things, you know, and I would be totally open to people being like, I don't like the way this happens and I'd like to move on from that. And I'd be like, absolutely. You know, yeah. I think it's really important for people to, to, to not have an ego when it comes to that kind of shit and to, to not feel like, well, this is how my room goes and that's what it is. It's, it, I think we need to be elastic in order to to create the best work yeah you know? yeah yeah it's so funny like because you're right like it's, it's actually it's lovely to because you don't get to like as an actor and a director like talk that much in you know in a non-audition sense or just like you know in this way it's yeah. lovely um because it's so funny I, I was um so romana testa is directing lyrics and funny not dissimilar to you and finbar like she's just someone who like really we really get each other like on a human level but we also i and i Probably because of that, I feel like she really gets, like, the stuff I write, like, I'm always, I don't really think about it, you know what I mean? Who's yeah. going to direct it? I'm just like, I'll think about it if, if Romana doesn't want it, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's so funny, because we were, we've got, we were been in the room for, like, last while, and it's been great, and uh, we started to get up on its feet now, and it's, you know, and it, then it becomes more real, and, like, I found myself just being like that, just being a bit, um, just being... Uh, just not like the best version of like probably my, myself and they're like not being as open as I probably should have been yeah. and then like I just was like what, what, are, you, what are you doing like, and I was just like oh yeah I'm, I'm just I'm just scared you, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm just a little bit scared absolutely and like but it's so lovely because with Romana I was just like yeah yeah no I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm just a little bit this is the time and it goes for me but like you know somewhere around like week two is when I get like afraid of being bad oh it's terrifying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just like can you just Make, like just keep a flag on me not being bad yeah. like just a little you know because especially in something like a two-hander where it's not like an ensemble thing and you're you're not really like slotting into a thing you're, you're very much like you're exposed especially in a space like theatre upstairs yeah like, it's fucking it's tiny it's, it's tiny. a close-up it's a close-up it's yeah. it, it, like me and Danny were like we can do this real small yeah. and real gorgeous you really can and we should that space lends itself to subtlety yeah it really does and yeah that's the thing is <laughs> directors get terrified too yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah we're like you know it's and it, it is it's it's an exposing kind of a world you know you're talking about people's emotions you're you're portraying emotions you're portraying real people and it's 
it's it's yeah it's it's exposing but I mean it's it's totally worth it <laughs> what's your favourite part of the process of making a play oh that's a really good question I love all of it so much I love being in the room yeah. I really love being in the room I love I love kind of I love the first reading I think there's something really magic about that because mm. usually the actors are right and the directors usually start scuppering things. Once I get, once I get my hands on it, actually the first reading is always the best. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's what they say about um, whenever you're filming, it's it's usually the first or second take. Yeah. I, they usually, we usually don't use third or fourth takes because the actors, they, they've got the right intuition, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, once I start ruining things. <laughs> that's fascinating. What's your least favourite part? Or like... Uh, like, or what's the part like you feel you have the most improvement to do? It's interesting. I think I'm quite an impatient person, yeah. so I'm not very in college. I hated doing essays. I hated doing anything theoretical. I'm not a theoretical person at all. So pre-production gets me quite itchy. So I'm like, we're having meetings about to, and, and sometimes meetings are so exciting. They really are. But sometimes when you're when you're in pre-production for a long time, you're like, just let's just let's just do the play just get an actor in front of me let's just let's do it you know and it's it's really weird when you're kind of I find myself impatient when I'm kind of talking about doing it and not doing it you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like do you have a project that you are most proud of yeah I I, do you know what in genuinely I think I'm I'm most proud of of Trist I'm really proud of it I think it's I think it's the best play that we've written so far I think um, and I think it's the best representation of what we want to do Mm. Um, because I think because we're spooky people (laughs) we like spooky things and we've done like a million Halloween plays um, sometimes people think that Sickle Moon is kind of spookier than it is whereas I would like to think of it as um, I love writing naturalistic things and I love writing um, normal people in abnormal situations so I think Trist is the best example of, of what we want to write and what we want the kind of things that we want to keep on writing so I think I am most proud of that yeah I don't mean this in a I don't mean this to sound like in a in a in a in a you know like a blurb way but like like you know as long and winding uh, a rambling answer as you want like why like why should people go see it yeah. Isn't that a real like that? It that is, yeah, I, like, actually, huh? I don't think it's a bad question necessarily. No, it's a great question. It's the question I should be prepared for. Yeah. No, no, no. But like, as in, I'm not. I don't, I'm not doing it in a, like a morning radio session. I'm just. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting. Um, some someone. I think it was John Doran. John Doran really helpful to me when I write. Sometimes, um, you know, in the past, I think he's like been really great. And I think once he said to me, he was like, uh, he's like, yeah. So sometimes you sort of think of like the review you want. Like, not that you write towards the review, but he's yeah. like, what do you want? Like. What do you want people to think about it? That's it. It's I mean, interesting. It's a great question. And John Doran is fantastic. Yes. Um, I, I, as an audience member, I love going to the, to the theatre to feel, um, I want, I want to be punched in the gut. Mm. You know, mm. I want to feel, I want to feel different and I, and I want to be affected. I want to be agitated. And, um, and I think that's what Tris does. I think it, it is, um, it will, hopefully punch you in the gut and it'll hopefully really what I want to do when I go to see plays or films is I want somebody to show me a part of me that I haven't thought about before you know um like watching something like Michael Haneke that his kind of films like like Cache I remember seeing the watching Cache for the first time and then the credits rolling and going oh I'm a bad person (laughs) you know and just going like like reflecting on yourself and there's not that it's it's a depressing play but it's it's I think it's a play that 
we tried to write it as as humanly and as raw as possible and we tried not to pull any punches and i think it it should challenge an audience and it, it should make an audience um because there's three sides of it so what was really lovely about doing it last time was that people fought when they came out they were like i can't believe you you were on so-and-so's side i was on this person's side and i would love for allegiances to kind of be conjured in people's heads and then for them to swap and change because in the play nobody's right yeah. and that's the the basis of it yeah gorgeous gorgeous and what about earlier on you said you were interested in sexual politics yeah what what does that mean to you I, I love how people interact um, and especially within relationships and, and outside of relationships and how sex changes things and how sexuality changes things. Um, I, I just think it's fascinating. and I think it's, it's just it, it's an inherent part of our humanity and, and it's a certain way of connecting, you know, so there's and it's about intimacy as well. So it's, it's those kinds of things where those social experiments where you're like looking into somebody's eyes and something happens there like in the, and it's it's intangible, but, it, but it's there and it's so powerful. And I think there's something really fascinating and something uh, really dramatic about about what happens when people um, are sexually attracted to each other or when they betray each other based on that. Or there's there's just so much to be had there. And I think it's it's universal. But I also think it's it's been happening since the dawn of time. Mm. you know and I, I I think there's always something really fascinating about that yeah okay so what about then so have you been in a relationship for the last like eight years yeah right so like you missed like online dating my whole 20s yeah, yeah. I did I missed online dating yeah so, so like what you obviously like inevitably just got like you know like single friends and you see you look like, just everywhere yeah like, what does it what like what does it look like what does <clears throat> What what does like sexual politics like in like real life Dublin in real life now and all that stuff like whether it be Tinder or just you know stuff like the you know Me Too campaign and all the all all of the fucking hodgepodge of like the crazy factors going on now. What does it look like to someone who not that it's not relevant to you but like is in you know you have a partner you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just curious like your perspective. It, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I suppose. I don't know much about about uh, dating now, which is just it's such a weird thing to say for like somebody. I'm not old. Um, I don't think I'm old, um, but I I don't. Yeah. Um, um, I think I think people. I would like to think that people are more conscientious, but then at the same time, I mean, the internet has connected us and brought us apart at the same time. Yeah. You know, so we've we've become more disconnected and and more connected. <laughs> At, at the exact same time which is strange I mean, it's a different kind of connection I, I, I can only think of that as a positive thing I, you know at the same time there's there's a lot of online kind of hate going around and 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 that's not great. And I, I mean, I think the Me Too campaign is, is so phenomenal. And I, you know, would would want to, to count myself as part of that. You know, um, I don't think it, it it's relevant to uh, dating. And I, th- I think it I don't think it should be relevant to dating because it's nothing to do with dating. And I don't think um, uh, sexual aggression is anything to do with sex or anything to do with romance. I think it's it's just aggression. Mm. Um, and so I think they're, they're two separate things. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether I think there's, there's a part of you that when you're in a long term relationship, you like you you, can't, you do want to to be like, oh, what's it like dating again or what's it like doing those things? And I suppose I get to explore that through plays, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like it's um. so you said and it's I, I, I think I agree. Um, You said that like me too should not be like connected to like dating and stuff. So it it. it, it what what do you think Me Too is connected to? 
I think it's about harassment. Yes. I think it's it, it, it's about it's about um, um, equality and and I suppose uh, just about respect. Mm-hmm. It's about respecting people. You know, I don't want to 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 walk into a workplace and feel unsafe. Yeah. And I have. I have definitely walked into workplaces and gone, yeah, I need to keep my, my guard up because I could be touched yeah. or I could be uh, leered at or, or spoken to in a way. And I have been, you know, and and that's that's not good. And the fact that it's being called out now is is so phenomenal. It's it, but at the same time, it is it's it's very um, it's tiring. It's mm-hmm. exhausting for people. And that's just coming from somebody who has uh, only tangentially experienced it. Well, not tangentially, but not in any huge capacity or any traumatizing capacity. Um, you know, it's it's a it's it's an interesting thing to think about, but it's I'm glad it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not to say that it's not tiring it's yeah. good that it's happening i think what it should do as well is as well as the the kind of sexual aggression and and um abuse that's happening uh, that it's being called out i think bullying should be called out you know i think there's a lot of bullying going on there's a lot of bullying cu- currently going on um and i think it's not being called out because because i don't think people rate it at the same uh, level as as kind of um anything that's that's sexual um and and i think it should be called out um because it's it's something that that really affects people um and it's something that's um that's really horrible and it's it, it does make you feel unsafe in the workplace and it affects a lot of people so i think that's the next step for it yeah you know it's so funny that you say that because like especially in like what we do because you know sometimes it's weird to like say what we do was like the entertainment industry because it sounds kind of like uh cheap or something mm. but like it is you know yeah like that's what it is absolutely um and i think I wonder, like, what you think. Do people get away with it more because, like, uh, you know, like, if you told me, you know, we asked the 12-year-old question came up earlier. Like, my, my dream when I was 12 was to be a professional footballer, okay? It wasn't to be, it wasn't to be an actor. Yes. But, like, there's a lot of fucking people who's, like, their dream from when they're kids to be an actor, okay? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, like, so I'm just one, And I think that's why... What do you think? Do people get away with it more because, like, you're dealing with people's dreams and, like, we all feel lucky to get to do what we do, especially when you have, like, a fucking, like, reasonable paycheck they can pay a rent with and, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm lucky to be here, you know? And, yeah. And, and then... And then people can take advantage of that because they're like, yeah, you're lucky to be here, so I'm going to abuse you. Yes, yeah, I think it happens. I think I, I think that is absolutely one aspect of it that, that people do get away with it because it's like, um, well this is such a small industry and and do you think you know you, you're being given this chance you should you should be happy yeah. you know and that's scary and that it, the fact that people have leverage um is not a good thing i think it also happens in industries where people are paid less mm-hmm. um it because people can take advantage of that because you know you you're replaceable and i think that's the scary thing is that if you're replaceable then people can abuse you um i think it happens here because well within our industry because people are are, are not paid sometimes a lot of the time people are not paid yeah. but i think it happens in a lot of other, other industries where where there are um uh people who are considered um that they're replaceable you mm. know that they or they're told that they're replaceable you know and that means that they have to work harder and that means that they will stand abuse and that's no good you yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. Let's give it a spin. <laughs> Let's, Let's give it a spin. It a spin. <laughs> it's also interesting. <laughs> right, uh, number fifty nine. Tell I know I've got fifty six. Tom, what um, the hell? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> fucking. If you turn that six upside down, I should. Um, um, what is your relationship to your phone? To my phone. Yeah. Um, I break it a lot. Okay. It's abusive. Really? It's an abusive relationship. I break my phone. Yes. Um, I've gone through so many phones. Um, I. 
Um, I'm kind of on and off with it. I don't like texting or being... Uh, I call it texting. I don't like messaging. Messaging is what we do now. We don't yeah. text anymore. Um, I don't like messaging people when I'm with people, but inevitably it, it happens when you're kind of constantly uh, linked to your email and people are, are, are emailing you things like, you know, what's the rehearsal dates again? And you're like, I, I actually should email this person back. But I, I tend to try not to be that person. Um, I like phoning people. I'm a big phone caller. Mm. I'm a big person. I, I don't think people like it. They're like just constantly being phoned by me like when they're sending emails. I'm like, ah, hello. Um, so yeah, I, I would much rather phone people than email cool. people. Yeah. I feel like that's a dying breed. I, well, I like it. Well, I get like phone anxiety too sometimes though. Like the thought of calling someone or like the worst for me is, is voicemails. Oh my God, I hate voicemails. Oh, I've disabled my voicemail. Are you serious? I hate getting voicemails. Yeah, it's the worst because I I'm not going to call it back. Yeah, I'm, I'm just just call me back. I don't mind if I'm getting ten missed calls, but if I have one voicemail, I'm going to be real annoyed. <laughs> it's just the pure anxiety that like you're like, no matter what they left in that message, I can do nothing to change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if we're talking like you know, like I don't like it's never anything bad. No, it's never, but it's terrifying. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst. Man, yeah, okay, but that's good. Like, do you um are you a big are you a big social media person? Like, are you a Facebooker and all that? I'm on Facebook. I don't post as much as I. I should I usually it's it's when I'm, I'm terrible it's usually when a play comes up or when I really like a play and I'm like oh my god check out this other person's play um but yeah it's it, it's I like enjoying other people's social media uh things so I'm not as as active as I should be I tweet yeah I I, I Instagram yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. yeah I think I think about it too much I think I'm like I take a million photos and I'm like god these photos need to be really good and then I don't put them up so yeah. like I've got loads of photos and they should be up they're not I know I know. Well, what do you do then when you, you're talking me like you'll tweet about um you know or Facebook about a play when it's good which is lovely I'm like we should do that because that's helpful totally to companies and, and you know um, that's kind of how you market stuff now absolutely or certainly a, a very significant portion how you do it what about when you go see something let's even say bring it one closer and it's a friends mm. and it's just not for you it's not your cup of tea yeah. or you think it's just bad because that happens and that's okay absolutely yeah. uh, everything's not meant to be for everyone like what how do you uh, handle that whether that be like face to face or then uh, yeah I guess what, what do you say <laughs> what do you say when you don't I'm going to give away all your secrets <laughs> yeah. now uh, like she always says to me she's always saying yeah, yeah she's always saying she loved the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the curtain call yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the people have that like um, oh, look like you guys were having uh, loads of fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well don't forget up there yeah. that's the worst one um, do you know what I, I genuinely try if I do if I am going to see a, a, a friend's play and it depends on the friend as well like if I'm really close to the friend I'll be like it's not my cup of tea and I will be like, you know, and I, I, you know, and I, I would hope that people would want to say that to me as well after the play is done. Yes, I like don't say it to 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 anyone when they're just in the play. Say well done. Um, what I try to do if I'm talking to them face to face is 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 I will always you will always inevitably find something that you like about the play. Yeah, always whether it's um the uh determination of the actors or whether it's the script or whether it's the lighting or whether it's whatever it is I can always find something to be enthusiastic about a play because plays are deadly you know they are brilliant mm. there's there's never really going to be a play where everything was terrible yes. you know well it, it'll be very hard to find a play that the, everything is terrible in so I, as much as possible I would try and sincerely look at something that I really like about it and mm. tell them that if they're asking for that maybe if they're not asking for it then Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? What's your what are your secrets? What's my thing? Yeah, I, I no, like I, I agree. If it's in the middle of their run, I'll never 
never say nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a weird experience recently with a friend and uh, we were a really good friend of mine. Like, one of my best friends. Uh, and we were reading a draft of their play. Uh, you know, it's, and it's... It, it's uh, you know, so they're, they're working uh, towards it being a play. And, like, that was a funny thing. And they were looking for notes. And, like... <laughs> And we were talking about it earlier, so this, this is actually nicely full circle. <laughs> and uh, and I, I haven't had that loads. Like, I haven't had loads of people come to me looking for notes. So I, I was like, um, but funny, she's someone who's helped me out with notes and stuff before. So I, maybe that's where the motivation came from. But I, I you know, it's like before we read it, before we do anything, I was like, a few like questions like, how honest do you want me to be? Like, do you want my unfiltered yeah. opinion? Because sometimes, and it, this is completely valid, sometimes you just need someone to read it and then like just be like, yeah, it's great, keep going. Exactly, and, yes. And that's Little okay. Notes. Yeah. yeah, if you need that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, um, cause, like, I get that. We all, whatever fucking gets you through the night, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, so then she's like, no, let's do it. Like, I want to I wanna know. That's why I, I, we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, cool, all right, let's, let, let's do it. And you read <laughs> it. And um, I don't know, I, 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 and I'm not speaking out of school here because I didn't think it was good and yeah. like and I, I and I thought there was like a lot of not and again like you said it's not that it was there was nothing good about it but like there was in my opinion what the fuck do I know very little but like I had an opinion about it it's like, a different perspective yeah, yeah a different perspective it was like so this is my perspective but it was so it, it's so interesting when you're trying to because you know when you make something it's just so close to you oh yeah oh, it's know, a part of you it's, it's like a part baby. of baby yeah <laughs> it's so weird like and it's so weird like what about your? Because uh, it's interesting that your mom is a sculptor. Yeah, yeah. And is your dad uh, professionally artistic? Um, he's non-professionally artistic, but he is quite an artistic person. So he makes things out of wood and stuff. And wow. he's um, he finished a PhD recently, but he's a computer guy. Okay, so he's cool. Like IT. So, so that's nice. He's got the two sides of it. Yeah. Right now, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So why why did I bring that up? Was because um, I can't even remember, but it was something along the lines no. of. Yes, it was notes, and then I was trying to work out like, oh god, what great podcast and shit! I just, I just forgot. But look, no, it was something about like how did did I actually I just forget. Uh, how do you take take notes? Because it's inherently within our our kind of industry, isn't it? That we're like constantly so getting notes. I yeah, forget what I was gonna say. Let's just start, start at a different point. But yeah, like what? Yeah, what do you do when you like? Have you ever had that where someone's just? Uh, or like what happens like if you because that's so fascinating that you split the drafts so you yeah. kind of have two passes and everything yeah. and then like you combine it and like in it, does it work that like inevitably like some scripts is like that was like a that was like an 80% Jedi script and then some scripts are like you know 55 like 45 and yeah do you know it's it's actually so far it's been 50-50 right. almost all of it yeah and and there'll never be a word or a line in any of our scripts that hasn't got either of our paws on it you know so we try as much as possible like all of it we we have our our kind of stamp on and uh it yeah most most of the plays are 50 50 i would i would wager now i mean i don't know if ever might say it's it's, it's different but um yeah yeah it's, it's about that yeah interesting yeah. i remember i was gonna say go on that's good you reminded me of it because <laughs> uh, i'm gonna forget again now uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually gonna forget again i should have no! said i should have told you no it's when 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 hold on i'm gonna forget again this is this is just listening to someone like gradually de- deteriorating the alzheimer's <laughs> he's gone mad yeah <laughs> I'm just tearing, Somebody said help. I'm tearing my hair. Oh, I forget again. Oh, this is so very. <laughs> this is actually very funny podcast material, isn't it? I'm I'm game. Yeah. I I I, I ah I got it I got it I got it. That brilliant. I need to do it now. How do you how do you reconcile like you know we were talking about how your art is very close to you. I'm so glad I remember it. Oh that your art is close to you. Have you ever had that? That's what I was asking about your parents. Have you ever had that struggle of like you know? Um, I remember 
my relationship with my parents has changed a lot, right? Of late, uh, you know, over the last like five years, um, through loads of reasons, um, and and for the better, I would think, like partially like from moving out, I think improved relationship, oh God, yeah. partially like um, you know, therapy really like yeah. help, and like, I I I've always had like you know, relatively speaking, a very good relationship with my parents, but I remember you know, <laughs> I had this thought as a kid, right, that I was like, this is so funny because like right now I couldn't think of anything less, but I was like, I'd love to go and Big Brother. No way. When I was a kid, yeah, I thought this. Really? Like I couldn't do it until Mum and Dad were dead. Oh right? my god! Because yeah. I was like, it would be so embarrassing. Yeah. And as I got older, the progression of that, I think it was because like, big. I think where 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 my little poor brain was at was that I think, you know, I think I was looking at like Big Brother. I don't even remember ever watching it, but being like, well, <laughs> they're being filmed twenty four hours a day, so you're inevitably going to see the real them now. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, I don't know now. But at the time, that's how I, I did it. And then, like when you're creating from an artistic place, you hope that there's a little bit of the real you in there. Like, there should be, I yeah. think, if you're doing it right. And like you know, when I started doing stuff, like I remember the first time I was ever on stage, we did rent the musical in my school. Wow. I was playing like a like a lead, like for the first time. It was the first time on stage, first time really like singing publicly. And I remember just really not wanting my mom or dad to go. Yeah. Because I was like, it, I, even then. You know, I, I knew that it was like, it was too... It was like, too exposing. Too exposing, yeah. too vulnerable. And now now, I, now I, I don't feel like that. But I was just curious as to, you know, having like, you know, an art, like artistic parents. Because my, my parents wouldn't really be, you know, uh, how do you... Have you ever had that? Like that, like, because there's probably a little bit of shame, probably a bit, a bit of embarrassment, like... For me, or is, have you found like an opposite experience? A hundred percent. Oh my god. Yeah. I everybody's embarrassed in front of their parents. I think they are. Yeah. Because like my parents are weirdos. Like they're they're big artist mad people. You know. And like it's great because I get to. What's really interesting is that I suppose mom was always exposed to us because she sculpts very very. Um, uh, I I would say quite personal things. You know, things sometimes they were like based on her experience as a mother or based on her experience with relationships and stuff. And like they were, they were all kind of and like some of them are sexual and some of them are gender and so you know it's like she's very much uh, delves into that kind of thing. And and I so I suppose growing up like that, we were like, okay, well that's how she does it. You know, and that's and and we found that kind of normal. But I suppose um <laughs> all of my 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 parents have been to all of the plays and they've seen all the films. Um, and my granddad as well. I'm very close to my, my grandfather, my mo- mo- my mother's dad. Mm. And he's very artistic as well. So uh, he's been to all of them. He saw Trist, which like, that was interesting. But yeah. like, yeah, you're you're terrified because you're like talking about blowjobs in, in plays and you're like, you've written this with your boyfriend and your parents are watching it. And they come out and they're like, well done, Jenna, good job. Very good writing. <laughs> you know, you're like, were you guys not like squirming? But it, when it comes to, I suppose we've done so many plays, or certainly I've done so many plays now and they've seen so many of them. I don't think they're shocked anymore. So I think the first few I was like, I felt very exposed. And I think they had like friends coming, like they'd bring friends and then the friends would be like, oh God, are you embarrassed kind of thing? Now they're not. I don't think they are. Like, I think I think they're more nervous for me. Mm. You know, I think they're like, oh God, I hope it goes well for it. Rather than kind of like, oh God, I'm embarrassed. I think they know that I can probably do plays at this stage. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's so funny. Like, when you think about it, in a way, like, um, you know, if I was to ever have kids, right? Like, what a privilege, in a way, to like, see if, if you had a child and watched them grow up, to be able to like, express themselves in this way. Because you, you never, like... 
you know, I don't, and I don't know. I mean, this could this could like offend some people, and I don't mean it to. But just for me, I always find it weird when people say like my mom's my best friend, yeah. or like my I find I find that weird. <laughs> like, I love my mom, and we're very close, and we get progressively closer. And I love my dad, and we're very close, and we get progressively closer. Yeah, but like they're not my best friend. They don't know everything about me. <laughs> no, and I don't want them to. Totally, and they don't want to. They don't want you to know everything about them either. No. Absolutely not. But what a gorgeous <laughs> little like compromise that they get to. They but like now you know I'm dying for them to see lyrics yeah. and like that yeah you know there's like um, I don't think we talk about blowjobs but we definitely <laughs> like as in you know uh, definitely talked to, like about you know um, I was going to say ballpark of blowjobs but like, that <laughs> just makes it sound like someone's getting sucked off in a, on third base doesn't in it? a park yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm there I'm excited for your playtime it's going to be good um, but like it, it, it must be kind of gorgeous that like uh, as a parent to like see like your mom and your dad like I can only imagine that they come and be like you know they like oh this is like a little bit of like who because it's funny you know and like who you are with your parents versus who you who you are and then who you are with like Finbar then who you are with like Kate McCann who you are with me like all the different versions we we, it's fascinating like and then like your your like artistic you like I don't know, like that could be one of the, the realer versions of you, you know? I think so, yeah. And I have to say, like, they're, they're, they've definitely hated plays that I've, I've done as well. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've come out of plays and they'd be like, I didn't get it. Everybody else was laughing. I wasn't laughing. Don't know why you thought it was funny. No, I didn't like that. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that? I, I, I'm used to it. So, I like, I mean, what, do you know what's really nice is that I, I, when they do like it, I know they're not lying. Yes. You know? Yes. And I think it's really nice that we can be kind of. Uh, frank with each other you yeah. know so I, I don't take it to heart you know like if they, it's not their cup of tea it's not their cup of tea so yeah. you know like I, I don't think I I'd never change a play that I've done based on somebody else's opinion because mm-hmm. I suppose that's the way the play was always going to come out you know and if I was changing it based on somebody else's opinion they might as well have directed it yeah that's not it's not an honest place to change it from yeah right. exactly it's so funny even if it's right even if it's right <laughs> yeah no no there's something to be said for that that's why it's funny um, and Romana is so wonderful about like um talking to me about like my writing Mm. um because like i said i like to go into the cave and then come back and then we talk about it i'll go back in and but i really listen to her like she's she's very good like i don't think she 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 definitely isn't like she doesn't she doesn't like do dramaturgical she does do dramaturgical work on it but like from a director capacity you know it's, it's really it's really useful and um but like you know it's so it's just so funny when you when you find someone who can like yeah, I guess like just talk to you like the right way. It's brilliant, you know. And, and actually, having said that about kind of opinions, <laughs> they're, they're most like after the play. Opinions during the play when we're making it are the best. I'm like I'm a, a huge fan of collaborating with people and getting notes. And I do believe that kind of half of writing, almost more than half of writing is getting notes and taking notes yeah. and adapting to notes, you know, and I, I love notes and I love being able to collaborate with people and seeing different people's perspectives on, on, on the show and everything because it makes it better. It mm-hmm. just inherently makes it better. Yeah, 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 no, it's so good. Will we do another spin? Let's do another I feel spin. like we might be on like, I think this is our last spin. We're having good chats. We had a great chat. Let's yeah. try to get you a number. Oh my God. It would be somewhat of a shame to not get your number. Come on, 56. 27. God damn it. <laughs> No, no this, this is rigged. Oh, God. You <laughs> just uh, brought me here to ask me questions, Tom. I know. Well, it's a nice one to finish on. I think so. Well, maybe maybe not. Who, who knows? It depends on your answer again. No. Do you believe in love at first sight? Um, no. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. Um, And actually, I remember uh, my grandmother fell in love at first sight with my grandfather. Well, she said. Um, She's dead. 
she's dead, but she's said. <laughs> but she, yes, she is also dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, she did say that she fell in love with my grandfather, like from across the room, they saw each other and it was like sparks. Um, but no, I don't believe in love at first sight. I do believe that, that love is really hard and that it's hard work and you have to like uh, put the effort in. And I, I think you can fall in and out of love and, and I think it's, it's, it's difficile. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think it's totally worth it, you know, and I think that's actually kind of nicer. Love at first sight is too easy. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I wonder, I don't know. I like, I, I, I remember the first time seeing someone that I was in love with, like, but I, but yeah, you're right. Like, hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm working this out. I, that yeah, hasn't come up in, 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 a, in a long time. Yeah, it's like I wonder. Like, so is your answer? You don't believe in love at first sight, or like you, for like, do, do you think you're? I don't mean this. This is a proper question. <laughs> she's lying. Yes, she's that's a, a filthy, dirty I, liar. Like, do you think your granny go lying? on? Yeah, I'm going on the record yeah. now. My grandmother's a liar. <laughs> good, good. <or> <laughs> no, I do believe that she did. She did feel that she was in love, yeah. and that's great. You know, but I think there's something much more interesting about about love being a journey and about two people changing and 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 keeping together and staying together, not just because of uh, seeing each other for the first time, but because they want to. And I think that's what love <laughs> that Tom at the end of this interview, that's what love is. Yeah. What love is, is and I'll tell you right now, is working hard at it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the authority on love, but I, I think it is. It, there's something really nice about two people committing to the fact that they are going to annoy each other for the rest of their lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be annoyed by Finbar for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, what, what, a, what a wonderful thing. Because that's it. You, you see, sometimes I, I, I wonder about that because, and it's such a lovely way of putting it. Like, I'd love to be annoyed by you for the rest of my life because it's, it's so paradoxical and like gorgeous, which is probably what like love is. But then sometimes like, but then it's like that weird thing of then you're, you're you, you do love someone and you're like but you're annoying me and I don't like yeah, it so then, know, and like yeah. that's the reason that like you yeah. fall in love with each other absolutely that's why you, that, that's when you start making plays together yes. and you just feed all that in so <laughs> great what, 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 do, you, do you think your relationship would look differently if you didn't have that outlet totally yeah totally I um yeah we're like total and actually I don't know what our relationship would be like without the artistic part of it like with the, uh, the creative part of it like I don't know I don't know first of all I don't know what we talk about you know yeah. like we're so entwined we've got a company together we write plays together we write films together and like and we work together in a, an actor director capacity I um I suppose I'm I'm really um influenced by Finbar I'm, I'm very inspired by him as well you know and I I think I don't know what our relationship would look like without that. Mm. You know, I think there's it's it's one of the cornerstones. I think. Yeah, it's kind of it's very special as well to like not know and not have to worry about it because it's just so like intrinsic in the both of you. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it, not not that it's. I mean, it's not all uh, peaches and gravy, but uh, you know, like that's good too. Yeah. You know, I think it, it it's really weird being in a relationship, and I have been in a relationship where where everything's perfect. You know. Yeah. So like, it's 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 not. Um, human to be perfect yes yeah what a, what a nice way to end <laughs> it's not human to be perfect does that make sense yeah it does make sense okay okay good yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this has been great um, it has thank you thanks so much for doing it will you do me a favour and tell us a little bit about Trist because we spoke about it on the podcast and uh, I'm so excited to get to see it um, so do me a favour tell us all the details and all the nitty gritty of like where we can okay, see it okay super alright so so Trist is it is 
a play that is going on in Project Heart Centre. Um, it's written by myself and Fimber Doyle um, and produced by Davy Kelleher and uh, Sickle Moon Productions. Um, and we are uh, bringing it to the Cube. Um, it is going to be on from the 3rd to the 14th of April. Um, and the tickets are from 12 to 16 euro. Um, you can find out more on Facebook if you have a look at our Facebook page, which is Sickle Moon Productions. And then you have, we also have a website and a Twitter. Just type all that in. You'll oh, find it. Just think about the moon. Just look up. Look, look up. up and then you'll remember that we're a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's not human to be perfect. Exactly. That's the new tagline. That's it. I have to I have to immediately look at the poster designs. We have to completely change everything. <laughs> I love it. Jenna Debris, thanks so much for playing. Thank you so much, Tom. So guys, that was Jetta Debris playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Jetta, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. Uh, Jetta and Finbar are two of the nicest people and I'm very lucky um, to have met them recently and they're two people, uh, whenever I see them, uh, they just make my day a little bit better. So uh, it was lovely to get to do an episode with Jetta and as I said, we'll get Finbar's out to you next week because it's another cracker. And more importantly, get down and check out what they do best, which is making wonderful theatre and that's what they're doing at the Project Arts Centre from the 3rd to the 14th of April. It's a show called Trist. It's starring the wonderful Katie McCann, former guest of the show um, and Clodagh Mooney Duggan uh, who is just an absolute darling uh, and someone that must get on the show because she'd be great to have a chat with. Uh, they're all wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, it's a wonderful team they've got together at the project. It's a great venue and go and support them. As well as that, come and support us down doing lyrics uh, at the theatre upstairs. Um, as I said, it's above Lanigan's on the Keys, kind of between um, Liberty Hall and O'Connell Bridge. Couldn't be more central. Get down and see us. Uh, tickets are cheap as chips from €8 Euro to twelve fifty, um, and tickets are available at theatreupstairs.ie uh, Oh, you'll find all that on my Twitter page uh, at Timor93 or at Personal Bingo uh, on the podcast. I will also be sharing that stuff because, um, you know, it's all the one, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, as I said, Lyrics is a, a, a new play that I've written and been kind of working on it for, for a long time, so it's lovely to be able to put it out into the world. I'm so honoured and delighted to have the brilliant, and I really mean she is brilliant, just come down to see her alone. Danielle Galligan is just kind of phenomenal, uh, and the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Romana Testaseca, again, former guest of the show, uh, is at the helm directing this one, and, and she's a rock star. Uh, as I said, the rest of the team's unbelievable. It's Ellie Hendry. Kira Mernan, Shane Gill, Steve Murray. Uh, we really got very, very lucky and we're having a great time with the theatre upstairs rehearsing this one. Um, it's a bit of a beast, uh, so it's uh, it's been tricky, but uh, I'm really excited to, to show you what we've made uh, and I hope you'll come down and see it and um, stick around after and say hello. So, guys, that's it for this week. Jetta, a massive thank you. Tune in next week when Finbar Doyle plays Personality Bingo with Tom Moran.
Tea.